welcome to something like that with Nav. Yes, this has to be one of the most embarrassing session of my life. I mean, after so many podcast episodes, finally, when it comes to this particular band that I have been waiting for for a very, very, very long time. And what happens? Murphy's Law kicks in with the messing up my camera, but finally got things sorted out. So if you find the angle or the whatever looks a little weird than the usual, please do forgive me. But anyway, let's get into our guest for today. And for this particular episode, I, the last I had a chat with them was a very, very, very long time. And uh, finally, I get a chance to chat with them again after, I don't know, maybe more than 10 years or so. And these guys have been rocking it for a very long time, since 2009. And I promise myself that I will not, will not ask this one particular question, which is why the name Kyoto Protocol. So I'm not going to do that. So let me bring in Fuad into the show right now. Hey, Fuad, my man. <laughs> <laughs> I told you, I'm not going to ask, man. I'm not going to ask you. <laughs> I love the disclaimer, and then clearly you can you can proudly state that because you actually know what the Kyoto Protocol is, unlike yes, people. <laughs> exactly, because you guys had two choices, right, between the other name and this one. So, but I say this is the best choice you made, man. I kind of, I kind of remember this name more than the actual accord itself. That's that's fantastic. Uh, I mean, well, in in some sense, that's a bit sad, but I guess uh, on to better things for the environment side because yeah. they moved on to Paris Agreement, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah. But well, uh, if the name's there to claim, uh, we're happy to take. <laughs> it's nice, man. It's nice. I kind of like the name because, like I said earlier, uh, I don't know whether you recall, and I couldn't really recall the uh, conversation we had because this was uh, way back in two thousand and nine or maybe two thousand and eleven, and that was a very long time ago. So. The first thing that I saw when I had the CD on my table was Kyoto Protocol. What? No, that's a funky name, which I liked it. I loved it. And uh, that was, if I'm not mistaken, for the EP uh, and album. Wow, yes. that's an amazing, uh, amazingly long time. <laughs> yes. Ex hey, dude, that was one of the best EPs I've heard, man. Especially the track, uh, uh, what's the name of the track? Uh, Mosquito. Then you had uh, Big Machine. That was one heck of an album or EP, man. I loved it. That's this very cool, deep. I loved it very much, but I'm also curious. Like it, you guys have changed for all those years. Your sounds have evolved very much. So, like, if I would want to describe your sound right now, because at the very start it was a hard rocking band. Kyoto Pro Protocol was a very hard rocking uh, rocking band. It had a, a little blues elements in it, bits and pieces of it, and all of a sudden it changed a bit to punk rock and uh, and then a bit of pop. So, if currently, how would I describe? Kyoto uh, Protocol itself. Well, yeah, honestly, I have a really hard time doing that. <laughs> we essentially, it's kind of like that uh, Bohemian Rhapsody, okay, where Freddie Mercury sang "Anywhere the Wind Blows," right? Nah. <laughs> Very nice, good point. Uh, and for us, I think uh, the wind kind of blew us into that direction. Uh, we've always been, well, maybe I'll, I'll talk from a personal point of view that. I've been an avid studier of rock, if okay. that's the right word to say. And um, I would say that everything that we do is still rock and roll. It's just the different facets of it, right? And okay. I, love, I love talking about how rock and roll has actually evolved so much over the years. True. From the early days, people say the earliest rock and roll artists were actually people like Buddy, uh, Buddy Guy and right. all those kinds of things, right? Uh, mm -hmm. the, the blues musicians of the of the... 50s and maybe even pre-50s that was kind of the precursor for elvis yeah, exactly and it's so interesting because there's an elvis movie that's out 
Recently. Uh, recently, recently, yeah. 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 Uh, so uh, I'm not sure exactly when the premiere is. I haven't watched the movie in a really long time. <laughs> but I was alerted to it, ironically, by a local rock band. Uh-huh. Blister just did a cover of uh, one of the one of the Elvis tracks. And uh, that alerted me to the fact that there's a, oh, wow, there's an Elvis movie. And at the same time, Blister did one hell of a job. So I'm uh, surprised. shout out to them. I, I just saw the single on the Facebook page. I had a chat with... Uh, Julia, about two weeks ago, he didn't tell me anything about it. He said, oh we're working God. on something, working on something. And all of a sudden, I see, whoop, the track is out on their social media. <laughs> but yeah, just to go back to uh, what I was saying about that evolution of rock and roll. So I think we are having a lot of fun. And it's it's also, I would say, a semi-intellectual exercise in exploring the different paths of rock and roll and, and experimenting it uh, for ourselves. You know, I think what you heard in an album was uh our industrial phase okay uh, influenced a lot by bands like queens of the stone age and particularly in the era of Algaris album mm-hmm. where there was a lot of um, electronic influence so that's why you hear those sounds of like a synth that sounds like a mosquito yeah. or even in pussycat all those kind of things it was quite um i wouldn't say it was synth heavy but the synth was there to um, add this atmosphere of mysteriousness or, or, or darkness to the overall sound. Okay. Yeah. And then later on, I think um, it's, we've always experimented with the different paths of, 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 of rock and roll, right? I think, mm-hmm. um, you know, even at some point, rock and roll became almost synonymous with disco, I would say. There are a lot of bands that kind of yeah. combine the two well, elements. It's a bit of funk. When they mix a bit of funk in it, that's how the whole thing changed a bit. Exactly, exactly. So we also have a lot of fun experimenting with that. Uh, example, our song Julita, which is actually our biggest hit, if I were to just look at metrics, okay. uh, say like YouTube plays and that kind of thing, Julita is, is, is by far the number one song. This was uh, from the catalog. album Pahlawan, is it? Uh, yes, yes, it okay. was on the album uh, Pahlawan. Um, okay. uh, and, and then... Uh, we also kind of liked the whole Elvis... Um, uh, uh, the, the bippity bop kind of uh, so that's why I kill I love you okay, and that kind okay. of thing and I would say that if that maybe takes us kind of full circle to the current single okay. that we have out uh, the best I've ever had where I think we're having fun re-exploring that again but in a format that like you said is uh, very pop centric Mm-hmm. where it takes out a lot of maybe the noodling or the or the youthful inefficiencies <laughs> in writing a song where we went one whole round and went uh, uh, cut it back down into a bit where it's like uh, almost like a James Brown. We actually use that as an intro, the, the bridge bit uh, during the song. We use that as a moment to introduce the members of the band in a live setting. Ah, okay, 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 okay. So when it breaks down, what you don't what you don't hear on record on record is is a lot more plain, right? You just hear dung, 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 and that's when in a live show we'd actually go, okay, we'd like to take this moment to introduce the band and oh. on the bass, you know, it starts to shake la dung, dung. Okay, okay, okay. I got to check the bad live shows out, man. Yeah, <laughs> actually, I've got a I've got a great link to send you. Uh, speaking of that, uh, we were very fortunate. We 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 uh, had this grand project in mind that we wanted to shoot a live show. Mm-hmm. Uh, that means we were playing everything live okay. through the board and the, we, we get good sound from the board and put that on record as well as, of course, have good video to accompany it. 
and we expanded it a little bit further and we kind of made that into a documentary. Oh. Yeah. Please do share uh, the it, link. Yes, and and that was called 10. It was to commemorate our 10th anniversary. Uh I think I watched it. Yes, I think I watched the entire thing. Right, uh, right, right. Yes. I I can't remember if during Kel I love you we managed to do that bit or not. I I okay. I struggle to recall, but at least that's the best uh reference for what a Kel Protocol live show uh looks like. And imagine we recorded that in 2019. And then bam uh pandemic hits and oh. then we have nothing else to do except work on the <laughs> could imagine just just when you thought that you want to get back into the business and then it takes a break again but it it is not as easy as it sounds like from the very first you started off uh age factor was different and now you you guys have your own jobs and it's not like a, a, a normal job you're an economist and it, it's totally different so how do you make time for the band itself because it's not going to be easy it's like if you're talking about being young and college and stuff like that you can get all the band members into the room jamming uh producing stuff but once you still have this working life especially uh different career paths how how do you manage to do that for Kyoto Pro- protocol uh well can't lie to you it's been really really tough um especially you know what's funny i feel like it's tougher now post pandemic i i think uh, maybe it was, it was just a very convenient marker that marks i suppose us being youths and then now more into um a phase where a lot of us are getting kind of like managerial roles and stuff mm-hmm. like that so we're a lot more responsible uh when it comes to being at work but uh, also then for the band you know it, it we, we have more expectations and stuff like yeah, that of yeah. where we, of where we want this to go so uh for us also we're, we're trying to push it in a direction that we hope will enable us to be um asked for live shows and and festivals and and that kind of thing again okay so uh we're still trying to find our balance i believe i i, I don't think after 14 years there's no magic yeah. formula to it is is the fact that we all love music and and we uh we we still have that hunger to be creative and and to be producing something that we can say like oh we're very proud of this um uh, and we want people to hear it we want people to 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 continue loving the music and for that to be the soundtrack of um, our fans lives that's really the um that's really the goal that keeps driving take, us forward yeah i got to take this opportunity to thank you and uh, your band for uh, keep on producing a music i mean coming up with more music because that's one thing i love of a band if you you follow them from the very start you just want to keep listening to them over and over again not to the, come to the point that hey we're tired we're too busy at least one track a year it would be fine with this man but uh, of course it's not an easy task uh because of course the pandemic was one thing prior to that you had shows you had gigs and going on but after the gap coming back going on stage is it easy for you guys <laughs> I, i really can't say that it was easy uh one of the very fundamental bits is that i've put on quite a bit of weight oh, okay so uh i think roughly about 10% of my body weight has gone out and oh. not in a good way <laughs> so uh, tell me tell me about it man you 10% <laughs> I'll make that about 60% for me man. Oh <laughs> But yeah, simple things like uh you know running out of breath during the first song and Ooh. that kind of thing. Ooh. I mean it used to be it used to happen before anyway, but yeah. that was for, it happened before for a different reason. It's because we got too hype and okay. we didn't know how to pace ourselves. And uh. now it's just kind of like we have to pace ourselves. There's no <laughs> there's no other mode. There's no hype mode. There's just pace yourself more. <laughs> oh man. 
I think he's back to the gym again before going back to geeks, I guess. Uh, yeah, and you know what's funny? Um, actually, during the pandemic, I uh, fortunately, not all of my band members shared the same fate as me. So uh, uh. a bunch of them, they took part in, say, like virtual marathons and stuff. Oh. So like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so they did really, really well. Uh, I, need, I need to play catch up. Yeah, Heck some yeah. of them, you know, been moving in a good direction in their lives. Um, uh, stopping drinking and stuff like that. So, okay. you know, they, they've really taken um, steps towards a much healthier life. Yeah. Nice. So I should, I should really draw inspiration from them, I suppose. Yeah. Ho- ho- <laughs> hopefully it maintains because once you get back to the geeks uh, scene, everything changes, man. Everything changes. It's like all this, exactly. this healthy lifestyle is nice, is applicable when you're not performing on stage. Once you get about four or five gigs going on back to back, it's like, yes, one, yes, two. And before you know it, hey, we're back to square one. <laughs> oh, yeah. Tell me about it. And, oh. you know, the thing about the age thing, um, I, I did a blood test and uh, it showed that my liver readings aren't so ideal. So <laughs> wow. I've actually got to kind of go on a detox and uh, see how I fare. Hopefully, it's it's nothing major. I, I, feel, I feel a lot better, though. I think that kind of shaked me up a bit. That was about yeah. a month ago. So I now know. I'm uh, yeah, being a bit more responsible now. <laughs> I know it's an unpopular opinion and this is something I don't advise anybody to do. It's like every single time you see a doctor, there's always some problem with you. It's like for some particular reason, any doctor you see, you can be fit as a fiddle. You see him, there will be some issue with you, but, but when you don't check, you're just perfectly fine. Everything is going A-OK, so... Uh, I just got a little phobia visiting doctors for that side. In that case, it's man. like the Murphy's law for doctors, lies. Yeah, <laughs> it's like something. Okay, I got to find something wrong with him. And okay, let's yeah. make this. Uh, but yeah. anyway, you look fine. You look great, man. You look like a million bucks. But, thank you, uh, thank you. You know, it's funny. I mean, obviously, it's it's uh, it, it may be quite well known at this point, but there are members of Kyoto Protocol who are you know above twenty five on the BMI. Huh? Let's put it that. Let's put it nicely that way. <laughs> And those are the guys who don't have any issue with cholesterol, blood sugar, uh, blood pressure, all good. Or even the liver function, all very good. <laughs> I, know, I know that feeling, man. I know the feeling. I, th- I think the fat absorbs all of that because I have <laughs> the exact same thing. It's like everybody's like, hey, something must be wrong with you, man. You're overweight. You're, you're obese and all this kind of stuff. Check, check, check. Hey, everything okay. So even the guy who takes my test, blood test, it's like, you sure? You sure this is the results? <laughs> I mean, wonderful. I'm not jinxing, I'm not jinxing it. Wonderful uh, blessing. That's wonderful. Yeah. That's why I, I came up with my own theory, man. The fats are absorbing all the problems. You and you know, know what? If yeah. it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? Yeah, exactly. So whatever you do in your life must be working for you. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, the blood test don't lie, man. So I think this this is my, my secret coffee. Uh, <laughs> oh. I think so. I think some, I don't know. You might be onto something, man, because uh, I can't drink coffee. Oh. I have, well, this might be a TMI issue, but uh, I get really bad IBS when I drink coffee. <laughs> oh, oh. Yeah. have you tried different coffees? Or is it uh, yes, yes. And at one point, um, the Atas coffee uh-huh. had less of an effect. Okay. But then eventually it was just like, nah, anyone, any coffee does it. It was like the Nescafe's and stuff that really sent me to the toilet. But now it's like Ice Americano also does a trick last. So. But actually, it's a good thing. As much as people complain about it, it's actually your body is functioning, helping you sort things out. It's like it's rejecting the bad stuff. So that's one way you want to look at it, man. I guess, yeah. Okay. We're taking silver linings. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> How did you get into this conversation again? <laughs> we were talking about performing on stage and now we're moving on to IBS. Okay, moving IBS. on. <laughs> 
but anyway, you've been doing a lot of stuff. As a matter of fact, Kyoto has been busy apart from uh, making music. You've also set up your Kyoto Studios, right? Uh, yes, that's right. It's not a commercial project just of yet. It's more of a, a, a limited passion project, if I can put it that way. Uh, so, so we have access to a space. Um, thank you very much to the person who's provided the space. <laughs> uh, we put up our gear there. So I, I guess it has really allowed us to be uh, more creative. And when we do have the time, and, and as you mentioned, really, that's a really rare commodity nowadays. Yeah. We also do some passion projects where we record um, artists that we find interesting and um, uh, maybe don't really have the access to that kind of gear or oh. at least um, know-how in terms of um, the experience that we have. So okay. we, we uh, eventually, I think it would be nice to explore that a little bit more where we do these uh, passion projects. Um, you know, uh, where we spend most of our lives really working in, in, in the office in pursuit of something, yeah. right? You, there's got to be something in the yeah. end of it. So it would be a nice little retirement project uh, in my mind where, you know, uh, if money wasn't an issue, I, I would love to do music full-time and, and, and um, uh, develop the artistry of it. That would be really fun, yeah. But currently it's more towards the uh, passion side of it, right? Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, let me put it that way. Money is still an issue, yeah, and <laughs> and yet we're still pursuing the passion on, on not just a, a personal front. So that comes first. Passion alone doesn't pay the at, bills. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, at some point, we can also uh, pay it forward, and that's something we've always wanted to do. Because what's interesting about Kyoto Studio it is also the birthplace, uh, or rather, the studio that created the your TikTok adventure, <laughs> right? Which I am, I am stunned at the moment. It's like, what made you guys get into TikTok in the first place? It's like, it's, it's, I mean, if you say like, I mean, reels and YouTube videos and stuff like that. Okay, I can understand. But TikTok is like, okay, how Kiro protocol, hard rocking gigs, you know, screaming and yelling. And then all of a sudden TikTok videos. And I must say, you guys are pretty good in that though. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, I'd like to point out a very interesting nugget. Uh, of information out of all of the tiktoks that we've done we've experimented with a lot of uh, different kinds of content uh, and stuff like that some of the best ones or one of the best performing ones was actually a, a then and now comparison okay of the music uh the music video for pussycat oh so you're talking about 2011 versus us trying to recreate the dance in kyoto studios <laughs> in 11 years later in 2022 <laughs> <laughs> so I think it kind of goes to show that uh, we kind of had those elements in our in our brains or it, since last time, you know, okay. stupid dancers making ourselves look silly and uh, the juxtaposition with um, uh, good rock and roll music, <laughs> I suppose. I was like, I was looking through the TikTok. It's like, I heard the conversation that you were into TikTok. So it's like, sure. Or maybe I just thought. You guys are just singing one or two tracks. And then I saw the dance, the choreographies, and whoa, whoa, these guys are taking it to the next level, man. But, but is it easy for you guys? Because TikTok is like uh, getting into a relationship. You got to have the commitment. You just can't do it one day and then you say goodbye. You come back two weeks later. You tend to lose your, the, the traction or your following and things like that. So how do you keep up with that? Totally. It's, uh, we're finding it to be quite tough. Uh, and to be very honest with you, I think uh, we thought that since we're coming back out there, you know, we've had two singles, but it was hard to promote it because there weren't a lot of live shows. And then mm -hmm. here's the third pandemic time, uh, pandemic era song 
that was written, right? Um, the best I ever had. And then we thought, okay, I think uh, it's time to have a good look at ourselves and and what is it that we we we, we can't be chauvinistic or, or or snobs about what is it we want to do, what is it we we don't want to do. And we hear that TikTok is an incredible way to reach uh, new audiences or maybe old audiences who are just enjoying a new platform. So that's why we came out with a plan uh, to record a whole bunch of content. And then once it got closer towards the release of the single, that's uh, the, the phase that we're in now. So all, all you're seeing was actually pre-planned for about maybe three months or four months in advance, pretty much. Oh, okay. Well-planned yeah. TikTok, not the randoms like, Hey, I'm bored. Let's do something today. Not that kind of thing, right? We also have those as well because oh. uh, we, we thought that uh, we could get away with doing twice a week and all of that. And then we realized like, oh no, it's better if you do it every day kind of thing. Like, oh shit, that's it's, crazy. It's like you a, say, like relationship, like you have to call the girlfriend every day. Kind I of thing. know. Like, it's, it's, it's an, I tried that. I have, a, I think about four videos and that's it. Because like the song Genesis, I can't sing. I can't dance. The only thing about me is the way I talk. So I just, that's the way I do it for me, man. Four videos and that's it. I don't know oh, how you I, guys. I'm gonna check that out. That's cool, man. Uh, I, can't, I just can't do it, man. I just can't. I hats off to you guys, especially when it comes to uh, dancing and so on. But it's also I'm also curious. It's like your day job, like I said earlier, you you're all the manager levels. I mean, professional levels, and then you have this side of your life. Does this affect the other side? It's like, do your clients take you seriously, or does just like have? It's like, wait, I saw this guy on TikTok the other day. I saw this previous video of him jumping, stage diving, and you know things like that. So, does that actually have an impact in your your work life? Uh, well, fortunately, I don't think there's really been a lot of negative impact at all. In fact, um, if anything, I like to see the the positives of it. So, I think um, um, I, I feel that people find it easier to get familiar with me in a way because they feel like they know me somehow because ah. of that online presence and stuff. Okay. Okay. Um, and then it also opens a few doors here and there. You're like, Hey, you're the bang guy, right? Yes, 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 I am. Then, you know, you can get a conversation started from there, that kind of thing. Good ice So yeah, I like, I like to see it for its benefits. Um, and really the, the downside to it is that, yeah, maybe we just don't have as much time as other people do, but Hey, you've only got one life. So make the best out of it. Right. Oh, that'd be a good advice, actually, for most of the upcoming uh, bands out there who's uh, worried that your professional life and your music life would be clashing. It's going to be This is a good example. You guys said a perfect one out there. And uh, now, talking about your latest single, Best Side, that I ever had, it's actually a trilogy from, uh, let's see, the first one was uh, uh, Nothing Lasts Forever, Faded Lights, and then this is the last final one for the trilogy, Best I Ever Had, which happens to be a song that you wrote for your girlfriend who's your fiance currently a proposal song and uh, i i found it pretty interesting the sense that the song after watching the particular video was it the same way you was it the same rendition when you proposed to your girlfriend was it the same <laughs> it's like how did you say yes with this tune man uh so th the song came first i think that that ought to clear things up uh and the lyrical content is very straightforward um it's unapologetically straightforward for a Kira protocol song where it tends to have a lot of metaphors and okay and stuff like that uh but yeah when she heard the song for the first time she immediately knew that it was about her Ah. because she was the one who was asking me hey literally she say this to me okay where's my song oh. <laughs> I'm like, what <laughs> where's my song 
hey, I can't just anyhow write a song, man. It needs to be organic. It needs to, you know. And then imagine, like, there was a good year or so where actually I had the song already. And then she's like, where's my song? So, no, um, I don't know. Just bought Tatao. <laughs> save it, <laughs> save it, actually. save it. And so I had to save it. I had to save it for an occasion. So I figured, mm, do I do it on a birthday? Do I do it on New Year's, Christmas? Then I figured, hmm, probably best way to do it is proposal lah. Wow. And although it doesn't actually explicitly mention that in the song, yeah. if you listen to the studio cut, uh, it's got that uh, little jazzy play us out bit. Mm-hmm. So that's the bit where I got down on one knee and, and Oh, uh, okay. Because I was trying to put two and two together. I was watching the video and I was just like cracking my head. If I was the woman, sorry to say this, uh, if I was your girlfriend, I would have dumped you on the spot. If that was the song. <laughs> I was like, how, how did this make any sense at all for a proposal or something? How did this sound romantic to her? That's That was what's running or what's running in my head at that particular time. But thanks for clearing that up, man. Yeah, so then uh, after that, then we needed to come up with the concept for the music video. And you know us, we don't really like to do sappy or, or conventional. So we thought, okay, what can be like a really ridiculous idea? And at the same time, uh, uh, something that was cost effective, I suppose. <laughs> important, very important. So that's why we shot everything on a green screen. Uh, we actually wanted it to look very Chekai. We wanted it to look really low budget mm-hmm. and like kind of cringy, uh, like so bad it's good kind of feeling. Yeah. Uh, but the guys from Fracas Works, they just took the, the 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 shots that they had of us on the green screen and they transformed it into something that I thought was quite incredible. It is. It is, uh, man. It, they are the same guys who animated the video for Faded Lights, oh, okay. which is very heartwarming and touching. And, you know, uh, once again, Skiro Protocol song with a lot of metaphors, uh, quite heartfelt, uh, uh, you know, that kind of thing. I know people who've gone through a breakup and they were listening to the song and it was just like, wow, you know, thank you so much for writing this song. Like, you know, I, I feel like someone understands what I'm going through, that kind of thing. Yeah, I read the comments of the YouTube and it's like, wow, you really made an impact in most, uh, a lot of people's lives in that particular song very very grateful for that i you know didn't really know what to uh think of it I, I had a personal fear that that song was um outdated in a way because okay. i think we were exploring a lot of our 90s leanings and stuff uh in that track kind of like uh like collective soul that kind of vibe okay. almost which now that i say it, i think you can kind of feel that yeah on the track, right? Yeah. No, but but yeah. the thing is, with uh, since we have this conversation, is like when it comes to Kyoto Protocol. Now I get it that uh, you can expect the here unexpected because you never know what's coming up next. It's like okay, first you think that this is going to be the sound, and then they come up with something different altogether, and then once again you have a different feel of it. So it each album or each track that comes out gives a fresh feel altogether. So you're not bonded to one particular sound or one particular style, which which is a great thing. Anyways fresh you get different audiences um yeah who could appreciate the music at that part yeah uh, it, i'm just glad that i think uh the core group of fans or at least um, you know who we've been in touch with i, I we've never once had the comment mm-hmm. that oh we don't like this new direction that you're going in oh i prefer the old cure protocol so we've never actually had that um, okay Maybe behind our backs, but not in front of our faces, at least. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but it is good also to have different fields because as musicians, as uh, in, in terms of music, you have to evolve. You have to move on with the times. You can't be, if you want to be like Led Zeppelin 70s, 
all the way till today. I doubt Led Zeppelin would have any followers anyway if they kept on making the same music over and over again. So yeah, and I mean, speaking of Led Zepp, right? Some of the greatest stuff was written in the latter years, right? Yeah. How would you have ever had the grandeur of something like Kashmir? If they didn't explore like different scales apart from just the blues, yeah, <laughs> you know exactly. So it was beautiful. I mean, the 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 very clear uh, Indian influence in terms of the the, the melodies that they were yeah. using, right? Oh, it was just wonderful. So you know, uh, uh, as you mentioned, I and and it's definitely something that I ascribe to. As a music lover, I've always loved growing up together with a band, mm-hmm. and unfortunately. Sometimes the band grows in a direction that I no longer like, okay. right? So that's why I hope that the way that we grow, as long as uh, I, I, I would think that the core group of fans are, are still, or at least the majority of them are still digging it, then at least that's really good for us. I mean, there's some examples where, you know, the band started off like really amazing. And then towards the end, I can't really say that I, I really enjoy that direction anymore. Yeah. Uh, I mean, say Kope, for example. Okay, true. Or even Incubus. Whereas there's some other bands uh, that kind of age like Fine Wine, like Queens of the Stone Age. First album, okay, kind of like a bit rough, all those kinds of things. And then uh, the later albums um, towards the end, the one that they did with Mark Ronson, mm-hmm. I personally believe that's probably the top two uh, albums that they've ever done. So I guess as an artist, that's kind of what I'm aiming for. Okay. Uh, so that we have evolution, but it's heading towards a direction that you feel like, yes, I I still want to hear more and not like, okay, I want to hear more, but uh, there's a deep, uh, a d- there's a deeper part of me that has prepared myself to be disappointed because the band isn't what they used to be kind of thing. Yeah, but of course, at, at times you also have to look at the marketing aspect of it and the commercial value of uh, a band and stuff. You can't just simply stick to, oh, this is how my sound is, this is how it's going to be till the end of time because you have to look at the uh, mass market so you want to give in a couple of tracks but in your case I, I don't think so there's much of an issue actually because despite having the change in sound or rather putting on new varieties you maintain that the elements of Kyoto Pro- Protocol in all your songs so I don't think so that would be an issue for your band I think that's the reason why uh, most bands haven't bitched about it yet most people haven't bitched about it yet so the good thing uh, and you know what I think you kind of hit the nail on the head and it's something that not a lot of people ask so I don't necessarily say it because nobody asks, right? Uh, but I will say that we always have one eye on the commercialism of it. And yeah. we're not saying that we're fully commercial or anything like that. It's we understand that we've got to f- strike some kind of good balance between that. True. So that we can continue doing the things that we love, continue playing shows and all those kinds of things. And it's partially one of the reasons why uh, I think we naturally drifted away from the sounds of an album. It's It works great in a live show, right? Where, you know, you want to warm up the crowd. Even Jalita is a great song to start yeah. with. Uh, not so much album version because it's a, it's a bit more romantic or, 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 or groovy. But when we play it live, we have that license to make it a little bit more rock. Oh, you can okay. definitely feel it in a live setting. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Uh, so it's like, stuff like that is a, it's, it's a great... A thing where everyone can kind of oh I love this song let's get back into it and then you end the night with crazy bangers like Pussycat and all that where wait, you know we can still have a great party like in the old days that kind of yeah. thing you know what I mean so you had transit between the uh, the years from the initial stage to the present year which is awesome man I gotta check out your show definitely gotta check out that's coming up in Rex 
Rex, right? On the 9th, but I'm mistaken. That's right. It's uh, on the 9th of July, and the show is called Undercurrent. Uh, really, really great setup by our, our label, actually, Breaking Music. Uh, it's not that we own the label, but it's the label that uh, okay. takes care of Kiro Protocol. Uh, so we are the only Breaking Music label act that's on the show. Uh, but apart from us, uh, the peach skins are really, really amazing. Nice. Uh, I only took notice during the recent marketing campaign where they even baited, uh, uh, what do you call that? That to 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 accidentally share the campaign and stuff. Which is brilliant. Okay, okay, remember this, man. Okay, okay. Yeah, absolutely brilliant marketing and, and the way that they craft the narrative and all that. I swear, some of them must be like graphic designers because they do that so well. Uh, and apart from visuals and marketing, the music is actually really cool. Remember how I said Our Era Vulgaris um, Queens of the Stone Age? Yeah. I feel like they kind of encapsulate that really well uh, in their current form. Oh. And it's very, very cool. Having, in fact, some elements that we would never dare to do, elements of rap and all in mm-hmm. there and stuff. So really, really cool. Really looking forward to playing with them live. Um, and then you've got stalwarts in Midnight Music. Um, and, uh, you know, I think hats off to them. They are kind of the success that we wish we had as a band. Okay. You know, so they had major label. They, they, they've gone out there. They, they've uh, tore up a, a really... Uh, great niche uh, market for themselves that's also very commercially acceptable. Mm. Uh, they're young boys and they still have so much more that they can do. So, you know, I think if anything, we're learning from them. And then you've got like real upstarts in resort uh, where uh, I think that's really uh, people who are like kind of between 18 and 25 years old. I think that's kind of the the vibe that they're in right now. Nice. Um, and yeah, so I think it's got an interesting gamut of um, of of alternative music. And I think if if not for anything else, you know, alternative music has always been my lifeblood. It uh, is for know. every almost everybody, man. Yeah, you know the funny thing is, I, I as a kid growing up in Singapore, my source of alternative music was Hits FM that we could get. <laughs> from the Johor um, yeah. uh, from the Johor transmissions in Singapore really? and they will play stuff like Love Me Butch uh, on, on prime time uh, in the day yeah that, that uh, was and the Nirvana, yeah and, uh, Nirvana <laughs> smells like Teen Spirit all, all those kinds of things Singapore stations man. didn't play that? Uh, hardly lah. Singapore they were very into the 80s and even in the 90s they were still playing 80s stuff stuff like uh, I mean it's not that it's bad I, I love that kind yeah. of music as well but imagine like Spandau Ballet uh, uh-huh, okay. and all that kind of stuff. So Singapore music was still either doing that or if it's 90s contemporary music, it was like boy band stuff or Spice Girls, etc. Okay. So I've learned something new. I thought Singapore was advanced when it came to the music part of it, uh, radios especially <laughs> back then. Ah. Uh, I suppose in the 90s, uh, that was the state that I can, I can tell you, I, I had evidence to my own ears. Okay. But what I hear from Singapore, especially in the past uh, 20 years or so since the 2000s, is I think you know that they've kind of embraced uh, diversity uh, in in a, a great degree, and it's quite amazing to see you know uh, that you have government programs that are supporting indie musicians and alternative musicians and allowing them to attend trade shows as far as Canada or South by Southwest in Texas, that kind of thing. You know, oh. so hats off to them. I think uh, Singaporean um, music has benefited from that. 
And I would say like even the, the, the current crop of musicians, you're hearing a lot more exciting stuff um, uh, happening in the alternative scene. Yeah. I've got to check that out, Ben. I've got to definitely yeah. check that out. I've got a few bands to recommend for sure. And, and, and uh, I'm just going to mention just one shout out. Cactus Cactus. Uh, really cool. If you liked an album, uh, Cactus Cactus is more an album than an album could have ever been. Cactus Cactus. Okay, I'm going to check that out tonight itself. Yeah, I've learned, Isaac, man. I've learned a lot of new cool, stuff man. today, man. Thanks to you. Because no, I, always no, start Singapore, I always start Singaporeans uh, are more into the uh, hip-hop scene. I know they have a, whole, a huge following for their hip-hop scene, but rock, I haven't really uh, I've got a chance to listen to any of, more, any of the bands out there. So maybe, maybe it's just me, but I've definitely got to check that out more of it. It's, it's not just you, man. Um, I think that uh, rap is definitely a tour de force in Asia. It's, it's, yeah. it's coming out that way, right? And for good reason, you, we've got incredible talent um, you know, Malaysia, you've had the old heads leading the way and this vibrant ecosystem where you got all young, a lot of young lads coming out as well. And in Singapore, I think uh, they're just really starting that up in a very big way. Yeah. I would say people like Young Raja uh, came all the way here to, to perform for an event and, and he, he killed it, man. Yeah, I saw. Scores of Malaysians waiting outside of the, because it's a private event, they couldn't come in. But at least they let them watch the show, and it, a lot that I can see why people say rap is the new rock and roll. Yeah, they're more uh, organized. But, but, let's see, if you come to think of it, when it comes to hip hop, yeah. they're a little mm. more organized and a little more systematic uh, as opposed to the rock scene. And the rock scene seems to be a bit more on the free and easy thing, and you have a, a lot of groups to, <laughs> you you have to look into. It's like one, you have the extreme underground scene, and then you mm. have the Thai group of it, and then you have some of them in between. So it's a little scattered compared to uh, hip-hop. Hip-hop is, uh, I mean, so far as I know in uh, Malaysia, uh, you're talking about based on the languages. That's about it. It's like whether the Chinese hip-hop scene, the Tamil hip-hop scene, or the English right. and Malay, you know, that's the only difference we have on that part. But yeah. they're quite united in that, uh, that way if you want to look at it. Yeah, and I guess, you know, it's easier. The format of the genre itself makes it easy to do reality tv shows you just get two guys to face off each other nine mile uh, eight mile style yeah uh, you know and then winner stays kind of thing right see who goes all the way to the top cost effective uh, yeah <laughs> it's cost effective two guys and one dj exactly you just got one dj and then uh, you know you can do you can do shows in a mall you don't have to worry about bouncing sound and stuff like that uh but yeah i, I say don't write off rock and roll just yet yeah. uh, and it's amazing that even at today, um, uh, people like Fleetwood Mac go viral on 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 TikTok. Yeah, you know. Uh, so, I think kids do appreciate good melodies, and that will never change. Uh, and yes, good rhythms are easier to catch on, maybe because some people just uh, aren't into melodies. But you can't have chocolate cake every day. Yeah, at some true. point, you want strawberry and 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 the different flavors that life yeah. has to offer. Actually, come to think of it, since you mentioned Fleetwood Mac on TikTok, I think these days, one of the trends is if your song makes it to TikTok, that means it's going to grow big. It's going to blow big. Just like back in the day, if your song, your CD is available in Pataling Street, you made it. Three <laughs> uh, Pataling Street, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, that's how it is. Because back in the day, it's like you're a band. If you see your CD in the pirated market, okay, you made it, man. Everybody's like, okay, cool. Next, I just got to wait for an award. That's about it, man. <laughs> 
<laughs> but uh, before I forget, uh, I was wanting to ask. I wanted to ask you this earlier. Uh, I had this question popped up to me thanks to your story about writing best ever I had. Wrote it for your a girlfriend, and then he proposed. Then my wife came up to me and said, "How come uh, you never did anything close to that for me?" It's like I can't sing, I can't dance, so forget it. <laughs> Fuck off! I'm not going to do anything like that. So your bandmates are they facing any similar problems like that? It's like, hey. Fuad wrote a song. What about you? When are you going to write one for me? <laughs> Have they faced that problem? That is a good one. That's a very good question. And I'm um, happy to report that nobody has faced that issue just yet. <laughs> I think maybe it's because the... When members of Cure Protocol have this uh, nice uh, ability to tumpang my song. Lah. Uh, so they okay. can just say like, hey, this is for, you know, and okay. obviously uh, I'd like to uh, propagate the song uh and and allow people to use it for for their own purposes right okay okay, uh, okay. And, and that um what do you call that's the that is the raison d'etre for us as artists to be the soundtrack of our lives right so, okay. so it's yeah. like buy one free faller huh? <laughs> 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 oh man but i i i i should say that the the wives or the spouses or girlfriends should start pressuring the band mates man at least it's motivation for y'all to write more music you know back to back yeah but absolutely it, but the thing is this trilogy here it's a bit on the mellow side of where the music right is more of i could say something off like a ballad kind of thing going on upcoming how are you going to take it away pardon me Kyoto protocol <laughs> going to be next what level any idea of the kind of sounds that's going to be coming out we do have uh, a single in the works, the next single in the works, but uh, I kind of don't want to spoil okay, the surprise okay, okay, just okay, yet. Okay, okay, all right. I, uh, but since, uh, you know, in honor of, of of us catching up after a long, long time, I'll, I'll, I'll drop a little hint that um, it's going to be uh, focused on a social issue. Oh, good. Gujala social, so. Good, we need that, man. Yeah. We need more of that, actually. Yeah, so really happy to be working on something like that. I think the the last time that I did something remotely close to that was a collab that was uh, initiated by Levi's, mm-hmm. and I worked with um, um, this uh, Japanese rapper uh, Shinji. Oh, oh my god, uh, it was my brain is is failing me right now. He, uh, I think it was it was his uh, rapper name word of mouth or, or word of art or something like that oh okay. i can't remember wait can i can i look it up am i yeah, allowed sure, to sure, sure. use a lifeline go ahead man go ahead <laughs> like this is uh what do you call who wants to be a millionaire yeah well, well while you're looking at it i just got a quick question how's your japanese now i know you're practicing like almost daily that's like uh, learning japanese so how is that coming along uh oh uh I'll just say so, yes. Like you might have, for all I know, you might have been cursing me, but uh, hey, I'll just accept it. <laughs> uh, so I basically said I'm, I'm not there yet. Uh, okay. And the problem is that I can't speak what I'm thinking. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We're getting there. getting there. Hopefully, hopefully I can get there. I, I, I can listen if, I, if it's very slow. Okay. And I know that that will annoy native speakers to no end. I mean, yeah. imagine like, you know, I, I ask you to talk like this. Yes. This will be a terrible just, podcast. Just like, just like you get a Mansali guy, it's like, saya boleh cakap sikit, sikit. So it's like, you get excited. It's like, okay, yay. <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. 
<laughs> just There's a bro. couple of TikTokers who are, who are do, doing something like that. No, not that slow, lah. Not that slow. Yeah, okay, that. I found I found his name. Uh, Shinji's uh, alias was Figure of Speech. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Yeah, and that was kind of like the last time uh, that we um, that that I did something that was remotely close to highlighting social issues and stuff. Yeah. Ah, oh, cool, man. Cool. So I'm looking yeah. forward for that. That is any rough time time frame or when that thing might be coming out. Hopefully, we can pump it out this year. Oh, cool! cool. Hopefully, Maybe. we can pump it out this so year. So the six yeah. months left for the year. So uh, six. Oh boy! Six. <laughs> we got <it> cracking. I got to start working on it. But but anyway, what uh, I have to say, I, I got to say, thank you, thank you so much uh, for accepting my invitation and coming on board uh, my podcast, man. It's been a my long... pleasure, man. Seriously, I I'm always happy. The people who are happy to talk to me. <laughs> oh, I've been waiting for this for a very long time. I, I know when the very first time I got your phone number, I said like Sid was saying, "Okay, what is Jarakin and all?" I said, "Hang in there. I know how this works. There's going to be a press run back to back. There's going to be a billion questions thrown at him, and he has to go on and explaining why Kyoto Protocol and all the other stuff over and over again. So I'll just let him go first. Let him enjoy." His press run, and then when he's free, I'll have the chat. If only, uh, what do you call? Uh, everybody had the empathy that you have. <laughs> My life would be a lot easier. <laughs> the yeah. world would be a better place. <laughs> exactly. That's what I said. Wait, dude. Whenever you are free, man. Whatever time you want. And uh, my apologies in advance for all the delay of starting this whole podcast today, man. Among all days, it just had to be today, man. Not at all. Uh, you know. Part of the whole thing about creating content is, you know, trying to figure out technology. And I was in the same boat trying to figure out um, IP webcams where everybody's connected on the same network and, yeah. and it screws up half of the time. So exactly. yeah. this is the very uh, first it, time this has happened. It's like, dude, you just had to fuck it up. <laughs> After all those years, finally, you get a chat with yeah. him and you just this happened. But hey, that worked out fine anyway. And, sure. Yeah, and I will say that that's a very good track record. When I try it, I think I feel like 50% of the time. So, <laughs> you know, if you had 100 podcasts and this is the one that went wrong, you got 99% track record. Uh, I wouldn't say that actually. <laughs> but anyway, so far, this one was okay. La. This one's not too bad like compared to the previous. But anyway, uh, let's uh, once again doing, doing a recap right now. Best I've ever had is a brand new trial single out by Kyoto Protocol. It's part of the trilogy, which was the first one, uh, which was, uh, what was it again? Nothing Lasts Forever. Faded Lights, and this is the final one. You have this awesome music video, which I'll share on the webpage. You can check that out. It's also available in all streaming platforms. Uh, you compulsory, you have to have it there. And the good news is the music video, please watch it, watch it, watch it, watch it again. And then think twice if you want to dedicate that song to your uh, future fiance. <laughs> just in case, just in case. La. Because if you're going to do that, make sure you don't show her the video. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, and also they got a show coming up uh 9th of uh july that's end of this week at rex kl right 9 p.m yeah, absolutely correct okay so the tickets are available still available i'll try to put the link in for you to check out there to get yourself those tickets hopefully i think i can i might be dropping by uh, i might be dropping by oh that'll be swell man would be uh good to catch up over a cold one in, yes, in real life yeah yes exactly <laughs> we just spoke about not having the drinks and now see i told you <laughs> i told you right <laughs> you'll just get there eventually you'll just get there man hell yeah <laughs> all right but once again thank you very much man sorry for taking too much of your time pleasure it's been a pleasure time. after more than what 15 years of chatting again ah, yeah it's just good. about <laughs> yeah i could, couldn't recall the first one so at least now i have a memory of this one all right thanks Absolutely. dude yeah, okay, have a nice thank yeah. you bye bye